10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to The Late Show with me, Shanique Edwards-Hayes. For a long time, prison education has been forgotten about by the sector, but not tonight. This evening, I'm joined by some great guests as we discuss everything to do with prison education. By the end of tonight, hopefully you've learned a lot about the realities of teaching in a prison. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome and good evening. Happy Monday. It's good to be back. Thank you so much to everyone who has taken the time to listen to my last show with our lovely Dan Lambert from Ofsted. I hope you've all enjoyed. I've really, really enjoyed reading all the feedback. So thank you very much. I hope you can hear me. If you can hear me, just give me a thumbs up so I know. Um, but yeah, welcome. I'm in a really good mood. And I'm in a good mood because it is it is reports time at the moment. And I finally completed my reports. And that is great. Thank you, everyone. If you're an educator, you'll understand how great I'm feeling right now. I'm in, I'm in a bit of need of help, actually. I want to update you on my week. So, especially today. Today I've been planning my birthday party. I've sent out invites for my birthday. Now, my birthday is on the 30th of August. Is that too early? Is that too early for me to be sending out birthday invites? please do let me know today if you are listening and following please you can always message me on twitter at seh miss you can message teachers talk radio at tt radio 2022 please use the hashtag at tt radio now talking of parties are you coming to the ttr party this saturday in manchester so for those of you who don't know, we're having a party. It's been one crazy year and we're inviting you to our Teachers Talk radio party this Saturday in Manchester. We'd love to meet you whether you've listened to just one show or a hundred. You know, we're also throwing in a free bar and food for all attendees. I mean, as soon as I heard the word bar, I was like, I'm there. So I'll be traveling down. So it would be good to see you all. Uh, so join us this Saturday the 2nd of July from 1.30pm in Manchester. If you are interested, please message us at Teachers Talk Radio and we can pass on the information or message me and I will pass that all on to you. Okay, so today's show is all about prison education and I'm joined by some great people. So for a long time, prison education has, you know, been the forgotten sector it's been forgotten by our sector the responsibility for it lies with the department for justice who then awards education delivery contracts to four main providers in england i believe and i think those are milton Keynes college novus people plus and western college now that there's i just feel like 
and I wanted to be very honest with everybody. I feel like we don't discuss prison education enough. For those of you who don't know me, I am a primary school teacher. I work currently work at my old primary school. Um, I'm about to embark on a new adventure and work at a pupil referral unit um, with those children who are excluded. And actually, just reading the statistics, I read that 40% of prisoners have been permanently excluded from school and 50% have English and math proficiency below the level of 11 year olds. And in the education sector, you know, we say we're all together. Are we actually all together where I realise I don't know enough about the prison education system. And that is why I'm so happy to be joined by my guests. And I believe Nigel is here just trying to get him on. And hopefully Kelly is somewhere, but I see we do have Lucy. So Lucy, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hi, yeah, can you hear me? Can hear you all good. Perfect. Hi, so I'm Lucy Harding and I am fairly new to prison education. So I've joined in December 2021 as a an education manager. So it's kind of the equivalent to the head teacher of the school, if you like, uh, within the prison system. Um, ah. So I run the college um, in a large male um, prison within Liverpool. Okay. And, um, yeah, I've, I've had a, a baptism of fire <laughs> over the last seven months, but I've learned so much about the fantastic work that goes on there. Um, and really excited to share it with you all. Um, my background is actually in further education. Ah. So I've worked in further education for um, about 15 years before I then became a teacher educator. So okay. I was um, leading a teacher training qualification and preparing teachers to go into uh, further education teaching and then saw prison as a real opportunity to share my skills in teaching and learning in a completely different space. Um, I'm also currently doing my doctorate, um, so I'm looking at the experiences of teachers in prison education. So um, obviously it, it's very close to my heart at the moment. Oh, I love that. And can I ask, did you find when you uh, worked elsewhere that, you know, prison education, you knew a lot about prison education or do you find now you're actually starting to learn a lot more? Oh yeah, I knew nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I I'd actually... Um, as, as a teacher educator, I was mm -hmm. really conscious that it was a sector of, of education that I knew nothing about. So, um, you know, personally, primary and secondary, having children myself, I've got some understanding of what goes on there. And then I worked a lot with um, further education, obviously, even pupil referral units. Um, ah. I'd have a lot of trainee teachers come to me from there. So I'd, I had a good, a really good broad overview of most of the education system, even HE as well but mm -hmm. prison I knew nothing about. So actually I made a conscious effort to take my trainee teachers into a prison so that we could all have that experience. And that's oh. really when I fell in love with it. Um, so I, I took them for a visit to the prison that I'm now working in and we wow. saw what went on there and it, it blew our minds to be honest because the, the, the work that goes on there is phenomenal. Um, and as you say, it's just not spoken about. So, um, yeah, I'm really pleased for this opportunity today. No, and I'm so thankful for you. And I feel like I'm going to learn a lot. And today the show is it's you guys show because I, I think we all just need to be educated today, actually. And I believe I think we're still trying to connect with Nigel, but hopefully we've got Kelly with us. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Kelly. Hiya. Okay, I can hear you. If you go, I don't know if you could get a bit closer, but it doesn't matter if you can't. But yes, hi Kelly. 
Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry. Lovely. No, it's fine. It's fine. So Kelly, can you tell us a bit about yourself then? Yeah. So I've been in prison education for the past eight years. My background's in performing arts. So I used to run bespoke courses around Merseyside in different schools. And mm -hmm. I actually used to work with troubled families. So I used to work on the other side where people's family were in prison. And I used to run courses on how they deal with their, emotion, their emotions around that. And then now I'm actually in prison running courses on the other side of things. So I teach personal, personal social development, which is all about getting people to believe in themselves, learn new skills, move forward in life, set goals and learn about themselves. And they can put all this energy back into the family and also obviously create opportunities for them to get better employability skills so that then That's they that. can have a better life when they leave prison and build stronger family relationships. Oh, I love that. And I absolutely love it. I would describe prison education as fearful, challenging and inspirational because most of our learners that come through our door are fearful of it because they would never have necessarily have done education before they came to prison. So they're fearful of that and then they're challenged by it and then they're inspired by it. So it really is an amazing place to actually use your skills to engage people and inspire them to become better and bigger and have that self-belief and you know they're in an environment where they would never have thought they would be learning and that they, they learn so much and they go on to inspire other people and us as teachers are still inspired by the way they learn as well so yeah amazing <laughs> oh, oh I'm already feeling inspired listening to, <laughs> to listening to you all already and I can already feel the passion from you Kelly I can already feel that uh, so thank you. And then we've got Nigel, who I believe is here. Although I know technology wasn't the greatest there, Nigel, but we made it. Don't worry, we've got you now. We have got you now. So could you tell us a bit about yourself, Nigel, please? Yeah, I, I'm Nigel Heaton, and currently I'm working in a prison near Hull uh, as a functional skills math teacher. Uh, I've been working in the prisons for six years, just over six years. Uh, I started uh, in a prison in Warwickshire, uh, where I've worked in three prisons, teaching functional skills, uh, predominantly in maths. Uh, I came into the prisons because I, uh, I saw that the, there was a, a need for supporting men to gain these skills uh, and I thought I had the skills and knowledge to help them. Okay, super. And, and you do have the skills and knowledge and I'm sure you really are helping. So thank you, thank you very much. And I'm just gonna start off by asking some questions. Feel free to take this wherever it needs to go. And, you know, if you do wanna just talk, feel free to, you know, let me know that's fine um and also can I ask it can get quite quiet so if we're quite close to our microphones uh, that would be great so what does I first I want to know how did you get into prison education however you did if you haven't already mentioned and what does actually what does prison education entail for you what does it cover what are you doing um and can I start off with Kelly if that's okay for me it's about inspiring people to make change in their lives to concentrate on what they can do and not what they can't do, mm. to have that self-belief, to realise that 
most of these learners that we deal with have been told all their life that they're worthless and they seem to concentrate a lot on that. So my yeah. job is to get them to think about, no, let's talk about what you can do, not what you can't do. Let's talk about the future. Let's talk yeah. about how good your life can be. You know, let's identify those skills that you think that you haven't got, but you really have got them by just getting them to, to believe in themselves and learn about the qualities and the values and what a lot of what I teach is personal and social development. So it's about getting it all learner focused. So how can we help you? How can you grow? And once they start to learn that they've got all these great skills and we're setting goals for them and they can see progression and they can see the journey moving forward, it really is an amazing thing to see someone. You know, we, we're dealing with some men that have not been able to read and write before they came to prison. Yeah. And then they're like the qualifying as a job as a mentor and the working in prison and they're using all these skills what they've learned from the classroom. And then you, you watch them then inspire other men. And hopefully, if we're doing our job well enough, these men are going to go out and inspire their children and mm -hmm. inspire other people. It is a long road and it is a long journey and it is hard and you have to be really um, creative and you, you, you have to always be adapting to the different needs and the different emotions that come with prison teaching because obviously there, there, there are a lot of emotions attached to it and sometimes the learners are not in the best moods because things that have happened in their life so you are dealing with a lot of stressful situations so it does take a lot of motivation but that's one thing that our team does have where we were we have got fantastic staff so yeah. oh I love that and do you feel quite motivated, Nigel, with all of this? Yeah, I agree exactly with what Kelly's been saying. Uh, we're dealing with adults and not children, and they've come with a lot of baggage that they've collected over the years from school and adult life. Uh, and I work predominantly with uh, entry-level learners, and these are guys that can't read or write and they feel embarrassed by this and when they come to the classroom door the first time that that is a big challenge to them just to arrive at the classroom door mm -hmm. and they might show a bit of frustration a bit of aggression at that instance and what our job is to show them that this isn't school this is about looking after their needs and helping them to discover their qualities uh, and you see that in the classroom all the time where somebody who he, who is aggressive when they first come in change and not only in the in the way that they look after themselves but how they collaborate with other people in the classroom and that's why I do the job because it's when you see that happen and I see it every week mm -hmm. something changes in, in a man and suddenly he's wanting to engage and he wants to develop himself and he's helping other people do it as well. I like that. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Honestly, I'm listening to you all feeling really inspired. I, now I want to like see you all in action. And can I ask Lucy, so 
you know, you've got quite a different role. What does your job kind of, you know, include and entail, actually? Yeah, it's it's a quite unique role, really. It's, um, as I mentioned before, you know, the, an element of it is working almost like the head teacher of, of the college. Um, yeah. And that means obviously the day-to-day organisation, timetabling, making sure you've got the right staff, all of that type of thing. But fundamentally, I think what I see my most important role is enabling that safe space for prisoners. So as you can imagine, the prison is quite a complex space. So Mm -hmm. the prisoners have come from the wings and perhaps, as Nigel and Kelly have both mentioned, perhaps have had very negative experiences in the past with education, um, have been re- very resistant in the past. So all of a sudden we're asking them to come to college and engage with education. And that comes with, with a whole host of baggage um, and anxiety on their part, which can translate into aggression. Um, and that's something that I really wanted to point out was prison is a bit of an enigma to everybody you know we don't mm-hmm. until you're inside the prison you don't really have an understanding of what that's like from a security perspective of course we've got the gates and the locks and the walls and, and they're a constant reminder that you're in the prison but very quickly once you're in the college space it has a very different feel to the rest of the prison a very different feel for us as teachers um, and a very different feel for the prisoners as well, in the sense that it is a bit of a haven. Um, a prisoner yeah. once described it to me as his island. So he would leave his cell and walk across the prison yard and come to, to the college, and that was his island he described it as. And that, to me, was a really good analogy because it was a space for him to be able to almost forget that he was in the prison and... Yeah because we are classed as non-operational staff we don't necessarily um, have that same feeling of um, the oppression that perhaps the security side of the prison has from the officer's side Um, you know we're not there to enforce the rules necessarily although we we still have rules um, (laughs) as any college would Um, but we're not there to enforce the security aspect of the prison we're there for a positive impact and the the majority the vast majority of prisoners in my experience and I'm sure Nigel and Kelly will back me up on this the vast majority of prisoners are very thankful for that and very appreciative and really value that space so the large majority are really keen to be there very well behaved engaged want to get the most out of that educational experience maybe not in the first day you know you might you might need to win them over first in that first um day and i know nigel's he's also doing his doctorate at the moment and is looking at that transition aren't you nigel between them arriving in the prison and then all of a sudden being brought to education Uh, i don't know whether you want to talk a little bit about that yeah uh my interest is improving that that uh, moment when the uh, prisoner reaches the classroom door uh, creating a transition uh, period so that they can get used to the idea of be- becoming a learner. When somebody enters the education area, 
We don't call them prisoners, we call them learners. They're our students and they're there where they're to support them to gain their qualifications. So we've got to look at approaches that will help them achieve this in the quickest time. See, that's great. And Nigel, you're saying such great things. If you could get closer to the mic, we can just about hear you. And you're saying such great things. So we just want to be able to hear what you're saying, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, just a bit closer if we can, but... Is that better? Is that... Yeah, if you can get a tiny bit closer. If you can see this, I'll do it. You've got it right in your face, I can imagine. I can imagine. Don't, don't worry, I can see. My boss is here and he's on a roll, going to let me know how we can get that sorted. Um, so you're all talking about all of this, but I'm just interested as well, the classroom settings. I'm trying to imagine what a classroom is like for you all. You know, I have in my classroom, I've got a whiteboard, I've got an interactive whiteboard, I've got a, I've got a blackboard still. Um, I've got all of this, um, you know, resources. We've got quite a lot of resources. I'm interested to know, you know, what, your classroom is like or where you go do you have access to it you know only when you come and visit i'm very interested can someone just explain what that's all like for you all, if you don't mind uh, i will so my classroom for psd i'd say i'm not just i think my classroom is probably one of the nicest in the classroom in the um, college lucy would you say i definitely agree with that it's lovely because <laughs> it's used it used to be the family room so I've got quite a big spacious room with nice colourful bright red chairs um, I have a computer. I'm not lucky enough to have a smart board but maybe oh. one day it's on the wish list um, <laughs> we have dictionaries coloured pencils I even have scissors as well because the lads do a lot of art and craft in the programme because they make things for the children which they mm -hmm. send home um, Lovely. Yeah, in RPS, in all, in my lesson, it's very creative. So they do a lot of role play and a lot of discussion. So most of the learners arrive in class terrified and leave terrified, but they always come back the next day because that's the challenge. Um, so it's not as we haven't got great technology, but we still manage to produce outstanding lessons where we get the opportunity to get the learners to move forward and identify their own progression and obviously have really good autonomy in their own learning. But yeah, we do more technology and better resources would be welcomed. And I think I'll we're just... on the right, I think we're trying to get there, Lucy, aren't we? We're, yeah, yeah. We're so there's a big initiative, obviously, at the moment with bringing more technology into prisons and COVID has mm. been really useful in pushing that forward. So um, we do have interactive whiteboards in a large number of our classrooms, mostly in the functional skills classrooms. So the ones that are um, the busiest, really, um, yeah. and teachers use them regularly. Where the difficulty is, is obviously access to the Internet. So you can't just pull up a YouTube video and show it to the learners. It's just not possible. But yeah. the, um, we're very reliant on HMPPS producing resources that are suitable for use within the prison um, and certain awarding bodies as well. So City and Guilds have produced fantastic resources that are, are able to be used. Uh, we have a what we call a virtual um, area, virtual campus it's called, um, where we can upload resources that are suitable 
uh, we have access to um, a piece of software called Bob, which shows the previous week's uh, TV programs. So that's um, that's great to be able to access some kind of uh, more video-based material. We also have access to um, lots of other uh, whitelisted websites. So they're specific websites that are kind of locked down so that uh, prisoners are able to use them to learn, but not mm -hmm. to access anything external to just to that website. So the, it's getting better. And certainly in the short time that I've been there, I've seen a big leap in the use and the expected use of technology. I would say we're still not quite there yet. Um, mm -hmm. I know there are other prisons that are leading forward with the use of in-cell computers, um, so laptops. Um, we're just put, about to put an order in for a load of laptops um, for prisoners to use, which is brilliant. Um, but it's still a long-winded process. So, for example, to access the VC, the virtual campus, yeah. It's, not, it's not just a case, or to get a PowerPoint that you've made, it's not just a case of sticking a USB in, because we're not allowed USBs in, in there. It's, it's uh -huh. a case of really thinking about, right, how am I going to get this resource onto that computer screen? And it's maybe logging into three different things. And it, it's just long-winded process. And it's quite frustrating for teachers that they have to really, really think about the planning and how they're going to be able to access that resource easily um, and manage in a manageable kind of time frame for the learners uh, and for it to be worthwhile as well and their time is really restricted so something that might not be people might not be aware of as well is obviously we don't have term times in prison because wait so no summer holidays no summer not coming holidays. up oh no gosh. christmas holidays no, oh. yeah, no Easter. <laughs> you, you get your bank holidays, so your bank holidays <laughs> are given, but we were working Christmas Eve. Um, so, the yeah, it's oh. not... It, wow. That, for me, was a real shock to the system. Uh, yeah. All of a sudden, when I realised, oh, hang on, I'm not going to get my summer holidays. Um, but because we have this roll-on, roll-off, constant influx of, of learners... Mm -hmm. especially where a, a, a local prison so we have learners come and go like 40 prisoners a day in and out of the prison um wow. so we we constantly have to be um ready to teach you never get that pause moment to yeah. you know, when you build your resources over the summer holidays and you tweak things and you find new things and you yeah. share resources that's that moment isn't there and that's the bit that I really struggle with for teachers to find that time to develop their resources um, and yeah. it's something that I'm kind of working on finding ways to do that um, so I'm looking at the moment and Nigel and I are a part of the Prisoner Learning Alliance of mm. ways that we can network with other prison educators to share resources via the likes of Microsoft Teams um, to really help each other out because we are quite a, a small group but we don't communicate with each other necessarily as well as we could because of the restrictions of internet access um, so yeah it, again it's something that is moving and changing but it is quite a restriction 
Wow. It's, it definitely sounds like, you know, edu educators in prisons have to be quite creative. You're actually a bit more creative than I'd say we are because, you know, I'm like, oh, thank gosh, you know, I've got my board, I've got my technology, I've got this and that. But you guys have to find different ways. Uh, I mean, even when you mentioned not being able to, you know, use a USB and stuff like that, I was like, oh, how would I cope? And so you have to think of, you know, different ways of your lessons, which I actually I'm really impressed with. And also the fact that when you mentioned holidays, like <laughs> I live for the countdown towards, you know, <laughs> very sorry, not to make you jealous yeah. of anything, but I do live <laughs> for the countdown towards the whole half term. And actually that's, as um, I was speaking earlier with Nigel and I was just saying, that's a time that I can, you know, relax, get myself ready, sort out any resources and actually have a break. So it kind of means that you guys are, you know, constantly going, you know, but on the flip side of that, we can book term time holidays and get a cheap uh, deal. So, you know, yeah, I'm very, I'm <laughs> very jealous of that. <laughs> I'm very jealous. Nigel, would you like to go? Sorry. Oh. I don't know if you wanted to speak there, Nigel. I, I just want to say I, I'm in the lucky position that uh, I have the technology in the classroom, uh, the interactive uh, flat panel, what they can now call. The, I think the trouble is that teachers have been left behind with their training uh, because they've been used to using whiteboards and things like that. So uh, that's one of the areas that we've got to develop is the teachers' own skills in using the technology. That's a good point. That's a good point that I haven't even I hadn't even thought of actually. And um, I can imagine just as well. Things are moving, times are, you know, times are moving in primary schools where I'm at with technology. So as well, if you don't have the resources technology wise and then the teachers or educators are not trained in that sense, it always means you're slightly a bit behind, I can imagine, um, with that. Now I'm going to ask you about support staff. Do you all have support staff? You know, that's a big thing. I, I wouldn't get by without my teaching assistant, support staff. What is it like in the prison? Yeah, it works a little bit differently and, and mm -hmm. I can only speak for the prison that I work in and maybe Nigel can um, interject with his experience as well. But uh, we do have learner support practitioners, um, but they're not necessarily used in the same way as you would find in a college or a school um, from my experience. So, for example, we have a learner support practitioner who's brilliant, who supports um Shannon Trust, which is a charity that comes in to help train other prisoners to help prisoners uh, learn to read and write because it, it comes across much better from another prisoner um, than it would a teacher for those learners who've um, never learned to read or write. So we have a specific learn learning support practitioner who helps with that. Um, and then we also have um, specific LDD, so learning difficulty or disability, LSPs, um, who are there to support those with learning difficulties, of which statistically 40% of the prison population will have a learning difficulty or disability. I would say it's much higher than that, actually, um, yeah. because the vast majority won't be diagnosed. Um, mm -hmm. So a huge proportion will have a learning difficulty and even larger proportion will have mental health difficulties. So that's the area that we really concentrate on, 
on um, with our LSPs and, and a Senko as well in, in place. Um, Senkos largely will cover more than one prison though. Um, so their wow. their time is really restricted with face-to-face contact with learners. Um, Nigel, I don't know whether you've got a different experience to that. No, we, we're similar. We've got a fantastic group of uh, people that support us, LSPs. Uh, my wife being one of them, so I've got to say that. <laughs> and uh, the, the, they come into the classroom and they will support us with an individual. Uh, like Lucy said, the majority of the guys do have some sort of uh, learning difficulty, if not disability, and they also hide it. Uh, they will often uh, try to avoid doing things. They've learned throughout their life uh, avoidance tactics, and so a learning support practitioner coming in and supporting somebody on a one-to-one basis will allow them to build a relationship and gain trust uh, and uh, the learner will then uh, sh- share with them so that's that's the purpose of the LSP and our classroom sizes are very small as well um, so we tend to have about 12 learners in a classroom um, oh that's really small actually yeah yeah but then remembering that the majority of them will have complex needs yeah um, and it, in COVID times we we reduced that obviously because of room um, capacity to, to six and found it obviously much easier to support those learners then when it suddenly yeah. jumped back up to 12 you you remember how difficult that is to manage yeah and of course from a safety perspective and security perspective as well keeping the numbers small is really important um, but yeah, you know, behaviour-wise, you tend not to get too much trouble, but um, it's still a constant there that you do have to be mindful of your yeah. own safety and security in the classroom and hence the small numbers. Wow. And you mentioned safety and security, which makes you think, um, you know, is there somewhere, is there security in the classroom? Um, are you used to that? Uh, how do you keep safe if you can share? I'm gonna ask Kelly if that's okay. Um, you get me in. <laughs> no, we have we have a radio that we can use if there's an if there's a difficulty in the classroom. We just press the radio, and someone okay. will come to our assistance. And um, we have prison office that prison officers that patrol the college because mm-hmm. all the all the classrooms are full, all the doors are open. It is quite a nice environment. So to be fair, we don't usually have that much trouble. But we, I don't feel unsafe. You've got Good. your radio, and the officers patrol. And all staff are obviously trained well in behaviour management. So you do you do feel safe. I've, I've never felt unsafe at any time that I've worked there. But obviously, I'm, I'm always self-aware. I'll be careful about where your desk is positioned in the classroom. So you'll put little things in place to make it extra safe for yourself and obviously for your learners too. So, yeah, I've never felt unsafe. Oh, I love that. Okay, that's that. That is a good thing. That is really good. And actually, I'm just checking the. Oh, I'm just checking the time, and I can see it's time that we just need to have a bit of a break. We're going to continue after we hear from some 
of our great sponsors and hear some educational news. Please feel free to message us during this point. Uh, you can message me at SEH Miss. You can message us at TT Radio 2022 and please use the hashtag TT Radio and we'll be back with you in a bit. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.withaslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. Imagine a world where you were free to focus on sparking curiosity in your students and giving them access to the awe and wonder of learning. A world where you were supported to deliver a truly personalised education to help all your learners achieve their potential. No need to imagine it, because that's exactly what the Oxford Smart Curriculum Service delivers. Seamlessly integrating curriculum, resources, assessment, next steps and professional development, every component of Oxford Smart is connected and working to provide you with a uniquely coherent and responsive service that empowers you and your students with transformational effect. The Oxford Smart Curriculum Service. When everything connects, anything is possible. Stevewoods.co.uk for educational support in IT and computer science. Coming up, I'm delivering a number of courses. Learn to program in Python is a free one-hour course designed to start you on your way into Python coding. Everything works in a browser, so there's nothing to install beforehand. Join me remotely to learn the basics on Wednesday the 8th of June, 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. Visit stevewoods.co.uk to start your journey. Are you a state school teacher in England? Why not be a hero this half term and join me for two days and receive up to 1,360 pounds in bursary terms and conditions apply find out more at stevewoods.co.uk here at Witherslack Group, we are celebrating the launch of our new Luxborough Court School in Chigwell, Essex, with a very special one-day autism conference titled Enabling Inspirational Education. Taking place on Wednesday the 29th of June from 10am at Luxborough Court School, our event is dedicated to providing practical advice to education professionals working with neurodiverse children and young people. The event is free to attend and presentations on the day will focus on creating cultures of aspiration and excellence, supporting the emotional well-being of pupils, autism-friendly classrooms and managing challenging behaviour. So, whether you're looking to add to your extensive understanding or are new to SEN and wanting to build your knowledge, our conference will offer an amazing opportunity to engage with experts and network with colleagues from across the sector. Don't miss your chance to claim your free ticket and we hope you can join us for what's sure to be a fantastic day. Visit www.withaslackgroup.co.uk forward slash events to register or contact events at withaslackgroup.co.uk for more information. This is Teachers Talk Radio and this is Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. In England, the Education Secretary, Nadim Sahawi, has written about his determination that all pupils should get a world-leading music education in her schools. 
He said, Music is one of the greatest joys in life. Whether you prefer to listen through your headphones to help you concentrate in the gym, or you spend your weekends discovering hidden gems at loud underground gigs, music has a transformative ability to bring people together. This country has a rich musical culture. Paul McCartney is headlining Glastonbury this weekend and the Rolling Stones are playing Hyde Park, 60 years after their first gig. These icons continue to thrill us all and the Glastonbury lineup is full of incredible young British talent. I am, I am determined to uphold that by investing in music education for the next generation. It is vital that all children have access to these opportunities to ensure that music education is not reserved for the privileged few. To enable this, I am continuing our Music Hubs programme worth £79 million per year, so schools can continue to access local specialist support to deliver exciting music lessons that help all children develop a love of music. There is an additional £25 million to boost stocks of musical instruments. has been widely reported that Prince Charles has called for the history of trafficking by slave traders of African people to be taught as widely as the Holocaust in Britain. The Prince of Wales told Commonwealth leaders that the potential of the family of nations for good cannot be realised until we acknowledge the wrongs which have shaped our past. Prince Charles described how he was on a personal journey of discovery and was continuing to deepen his own understanding of slavery's enduring impact. A royal source told the Sunday Telegraph that Charles had noted that at a national level, we know and learn at school all about the Holocaust. That is not true of the transatlantic slave trade. The source continued, adding, there's an acknowledgement that it needs to happen. This has been your latest Teachers Talk Radio News with Gail Glenn. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello! Last week, I spotted a tweet from Nathan Ginn. Some of you may know him from his Twilight Tuesday show here on TT Radio, others as at Nathan Lesson Copy. He tweeted, It's that part of the school year where it's uncomfortably hot at school and raining at the weekend. He's proven correct in most parts of the country for the past couple of weeks. The question this week is not, has Nathan jinxed us like Rihanna's umbrella song, but can tech keep us cool in the classroom? So, let's see if we can find out some gadgets to make baking in a boiling room with 30 kids cooler. Please note I'll only be looking at personal devices, not commercial cooling units. 
First up, if you have a spare 20 to 30 pounds and don't mind looking like you're about to enter a mini gurning competition, then perhaps a portable neck fan is for you. It looks like you're wearing chunky headphones around your neck and depending on speed settings can give you a light breeze to hear a wind that will stand your hair on end for up to 21 hours. Driving away heat from your neck and face, USB rechargeable, this may be the answer for any hot-headed teachers out there. Next up, a portable evaporative air cooling fan. Again, depending on size, you're looking at 15 to 40 pounds. This works on having a small reservoir of water and a blind-like material soaking it up inside. Air passes over the water and gives a cool breeze when you're sitting in front of it. Having had one of these, I can say they do work, but the downside is people just can't look with their eyes. Inevitably, people will come to your desk, ask what it is, and pick it up, covering themselves, you, and possibly your computer in water. Also, if left over the summer without drying it out, it will go a little green and need disposing of to reduce the risk of spreading Legionnaire's disease around your classroom. If on a tighter budget, a USB desk fan can't fail. Before you start pointing out that USBs are deactivated in your school, the data transfer may be, but the power will not, so you'll still be able to power and charge devices over USB. Some come with docking stations, making them more portable, others are wired. From five to 20 pounds, these are more pocket friendly and also less hassle. So if you're in need of a breeze as you wind up the year, tech can come to your rescue. Why not get in touch at TT Radio 2022? Follow us and tell us how you stay cool or ask me what you want to know about tech. I'm Steve Woods and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods. Your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back. That was a great two minute tech actually. I've just noted down that I need to um, spend 20 to 30 pounds on a new portable neck fan. I believe I'm going to be the coolest teacher in my school. Um, can I just check? I've got Lucy, Kelly and Nigel still with me. Hi everyone. Yeah, I'm still here. Hey everyone. Okay, I've got something. So I've been reading up about being a prison educator and I'm just going to read a little quote and I'm interested to see what you think from somebody who said if somebody said to me would you recommend being a prison educator I'd ask them do you want to be in the lowest paid sector of further education do you want to work in awful conditions do you want to be in a situation where every single year at the whim of, whim of a prison governor you can be made redundant if you min manage to survive to the end of the contract the likelihood is that you can be chooped over to another employer and therefore could lose your pension. So A, you're in a low paid job. B, the conditions are awful. C, the threat of redundancy is always there. And D, you could lose your pension. This is what it's like working in a prison education, in what it's like working in prison education. And this is from someone who's been teaching in prisons for 28 years and currently teaching functional skills in a category C prison. Now, I know everyone's got their own different experiences, but I can imagine a lot of people are quite nervous to teach in a prison and reading something like that, they'd think, you know, do you, I'm just interested. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Have you heard of opinions like this? Whoever wants can, to start. Can I, can I talk about that, please? Yes, and Nigel, I can hear you perfectly. Yes. I took my headphones out. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Uh, right. I, I first started uh, in the prisons six years ago uh, mm -hmm. with with my current employers uh, and then two years into my contract uh, I was two pid across to another provider uh, and then uh, I transferred prisons and ended up back at my original provider uh, wow. 
nothing's changed. I've loved my job ever since I started it. Uh, I, I remember the first day for my interview uh, down in Warwickshire, I looked at the gates and thought, what are you doing? So I'd never been in prison, never mm -hmm. had any experience in prison. I went in and did the micro-teach and I loved it. I just fell in love with the job. I was working away from home. My family was in the north uh, and I was working away from home all week. I have absolutely loved my job from the day I started and I still love it now. I'm not saying there isn't days where you want to throw the uh, teddy out of the cot. Mm -hmm. There is with any, any job. Yeah, any. But, you know, when you watch a grown man uh, come to you and ask for your help in reading something or just to be able to do his canteen sheet, uh, to be able to buy uh, goods while he's in prison. You know, that's a privilege. Mm -hmm. And then to support that person, to build them skills and develop so they can do it on their own. You know, that is why I love it. I love it. And from what I got from you just there is like, like life skills. A lot of it is, you know, teaching them life skills, important skills as well, just in general. I always say that uh, the qualifications that they get are a byproduct of the lessons they learn in the class. Uh, learning to collaborate with each other, learning to share. Uh, you know, it's all them basic skills because prison isn't a nice place yeah. uh, and they have to learn to survive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, they spend time on the wing where it's survival mode and we've got, you know, our job is to prepare them for life after prison and majority of people that are in prison are going to be back out in the public. They're not locked away forever. Mm -hmm. and it's our job to prepare them for that so that one, they don't commit crimes and two, they uh, engage in legal activities and have a positive life giving them the skills that they need for society and to get by uh kelly can i hear from you if that's okay before i go into lucy if kelly's around but i might i might go to lucy for now that's okay yeah, i think she's on mute i don't know whether she knows how to unmute but um yeah i think you know, the point made about the pay is a, is a serious point and it's something that i've said before that you know the there does need to be parity of pay. Um, I mean, that goes for the FE sector in general in comparison to secondary and primary. Um, mm -hmm. And then prison education is further on the margins of that adult education sector. Um, and, the, and the pay isn't uh, equal to that of other education sectors. So it, yeah. it does need looking at. Um, and that's, you know, for the unions and, and for everybody um, yeah. to fight for that. Yeah, um, but that said, you know the three of us work for Novus, and and we are, um, we're all you know had positive experiences with Novus, mm -hmm. um, and it, as an as a provider for prison education, it's got to the right intentions, 
um, and you know nobody goes into education for the money um, and if you are in there yeah. for the money you, you, you're not going to survive really yeah um, you know you go into it because you want to make a, a difference and you want to see you want to make that positive impact on somebody's life and in the prison you do that on a daily basis and you have the recognition of that on a daily basis and you see it so clearly um, you know it's not in years it's in hours sometimes where you might be that first person that's just shown a little bit of compassion and care towards that person mm-hmm. and the difference that that makes to their lives is is amazing and they're really thankful for that um, and then of course the skills that you're you're providing them not just the math skills or um, as you say you know it, it's more about the life skills that you're giving them the ability for them to see that there is hope um, and for them to perhaps change their um, perspective on life. Um, And we won't win them all. We definitely won't win them all. Um, And we will see people return to prison again and again and again because of the the perhaps wider social issues and wider um, societal problems on the outside. Um, But we do make a difference. Um, and I think that that is definitely something that you have to cling on to when perhaps the pay isn't as fair <laughs> as, as other sectors. Yeah, yeah. And Kelly's here now, if Kelly wants to jump in. Yeah, I agree with what you and Nigel have both said. I think that it is a very re- rewarding job, and yet we obviously don't get equal pay, but we do get a lot more benefits and a lot more, I don't know, it's very, you're very proud when you're a prison teacher, aren't you, you know? especially when learners come up to you and they say that you've changed my life, miss. I never thought I'd ever be this person that I am. And I don't suppose Mm. you can put a price on comments like that. No. I remember a few months ago, um, I'd walked into this classroom. It was the art classroom, actually, Lucy, and Mm -hmm. one of the learners was in there. And he'd been in before and then obviously come back in again. And he lifted his head up and he said, oh, there's the teacher I was talking about, the one I told you. She saved, she saved me life when I was in here last time. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that was, it was so powerful. And yeah. that's why we do the job, because we do make a difference in a person's life. And that is, it's a very humbling feeling. No, that's like so beautiful because I know how excited I get when I get a little card from like one of the children in my class. I'm like, oh, and they're like, oh, Miss, you're the best teacher, even though I know they say it to everybody. But you know, it really just melt my heart. So listening to that, and you know, these adults, someone says you saved their life. You know, that's yep. quite amazing. Um, and I actually can't believe it. Time is really going by, but we're going to have to start to end this. Now, if anyone wanted to find out a bit more information, Lucy and Nigel, do you mind sharing your Twitter handle, Twitter handles in case they are interested in yeah, hearing more? Yeah, that's fine. Should I pop it in the chat? Oh, could you say it just for anyone yeah. who's listening over on a it's, podcast? Um, at LucyC124. Lovely. And Nigel? Yeah, mine's at Nigel Hooson. H-O-O-S-O-N. And there's just so much to be finding out. I'm actually so intrigued that actually I'm going to do a bit more research into all of this. Thank you so much for joining and being guests tonight. I really do appreciate it. And I hope people are listening and feeling, you know, a bit more educated. So thank you, Lucy, Kelly and Nigel. 
Um, before we end, so I always end by asking my guests their favourite fictional teacher and why. And hopefully you're prepared for this and you have got <laughs> your favourite fictional teacher. Um, as a lot of people know, though, uh, Miss Honey is banned um, because <laughs> we've just we've just had to ban Miss Honey, which I don't know if you guys would agree, but yeah, she is currently <laughs> banned. Um, so if I start with Nigel, that's okay. Uh, Mr. Chips. Okay, tell tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> so it's a film goodbye, Mr. Chips. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just uh, how he develops himself through from a, a student teacher uh, to running the school. Uh, I just find it inspirational. Thank you, Kelly. I've picked a rather unusual one, so I've gone for Dorothy Gale out of The Wizard of Oz because she was lost in a different world and along the way she still managed to find people that were also lost and she inspired them and she built their confidence and she encouraged them to fight for the dreams and what they believe in and I think that is amazing and it reminds me a little bit of me. So that was my little bit of inspiration from Dorothy off The Wizard of Oz. I love that. That is a completely new one. And I really do like that one. So thank you. you. And that tells me a bit more about you, Kelly, actually. I've learned a bit more. So thank you. Thank you. And Lucy. (laughs) This is, I found this really hard, but um, as a Harry Potter fan, I have to go for one of the Harry Potter uh, teachers. Probably Professor McGonagall, because (laughs) I think um, she's, very unassuming so mm-hmm. you know doesn't look for the limelight but is there when you need her so um you know kind of creeps around like a cat keeps an eye on everything always knows what's going on um, yeah and and just actually turns up at the right moment when you need a helping hand so there you go that's that's probably more of a management um kind of teacher perspective rather than teacher in general no, don't worry, because actually, as soon as you said that, I was smiling. And I know people will probably be smiling alongside with me because every week I say Professor McGonagall. Um, so actually, you just said that one. I was like, yay. But I said I wasn't allowed to say that one anymore because I say it all the time. So thank you. She gets another mention yet again. So <laughs> that is great. Well, we have come to the end of The Late Late Show with me, Shaniqua Edwards-Hades. It has been a pleasure, honestly. Thank you again, Lucy, Kelly and Nigel. Um, no, thank you. Um, I've learned a lot. Please, everyone, join us again in two weeks' time. And remember, if you're around in Manchester on Saturday, we have our Teachers Talk radio party. All right, have a good evening, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.